0: It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you're here joining us on the air. 303-690-3000 is the number 303 so glad that you're joining us. My name is Ed Taylor, I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, and you're right, the last couple weeks you have not heard my voice, because I was away. Um, I have a dedicated appointment uh, every year with my wife to pour into our marriage, and we celebrated 28 years, 28 years together. Uh, this April, and I was away, and our church family is gracious, and they know that I get away. Uh, I'm off the grid, which is very uh, hard to do. I'm off the grid, which means you can't get a hold of me, and I'm not answering any texts or any emails. I'm not able to, I'm not able, I am able, I just choose not to have my phone on uh, and every, all my calls get forwarded to the office. It's a it's phenomenal. Marie and I uh, started doing it as a busy pat, church planting pastor uh, many years ago, and it's been beneficial. I, I never never really knew how important it would be until fire fiery trials hit us, uh, and how uh, the Lord was um, so gracious to us and in pouring into our marriage and uh, making us a stronger couple to pour into our family and 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 causing a great spiritual strength uh, to be given through our marriage for the church family. And so I'm so grateful. But I am back, and I'm really glad to be back. Uh, I am going to be back uh, in the Book of Kings tonight uh, for our time in Bible study. We have an update from our short-term mission trip to Brazil. Uh, we're going to be praying for our friend, Pastor James Grizzle, who is planting a Calvary in Galveston, Texas. And uh, so he is our prayer point. As we pray together as a fellowship, we really desire to see Acts 242 lived out in a congregational setting. Some people say it's impossible for a large, larger church to experience the intimacy of Acts 242, but I disagree. Uh, there's so many churches lived out in so many different ways, whether your church is a church of 10 people, uh, which is God's will and design, or it's a church of 10,000 people, which is God's will and design. Intimacy and fellowship and community is dependent upon the people within that community. Um, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be praying tonight. We'll be praying tonight uh, and getting to, gathering together Uh, for a time of prayer, Bible study, ministry update, and worshiping together. And this Sunday is our big get-together. It's our servant appreciation party. I was looking at some of the final details today. It's going to be great. And and so we're going to we're going to be celebrating all the servants of our church. It's a big party we do in the sanctuary. And if you serve here at Calvary, you're welcome to be here. Uh, If you if you if you don't serve here, then I'm sorry. But those that do serve here, we're going to, we're having a little bit of technical, if my voice is kind of, it's because we're having a little bit of technical uh, difficulties uh, in the studio and we're trying to nail them down. So please forgive us as I'm working through the show, the calls and and all of that. 303-690-3000. I'm going to go right to line number one and talk to Kim in Arvada, Colorado. Kim, welcome to the program.
1: Hi
0: there. Hi, Kim. What's going on?
1: Um, uh, several years ago, my daughter, who was 17, was pregnant out of wedlock and lost her baby at uh, 34 weeks. Um, didn't really have a real solid faith at the time, but, you know, was still going to church regularly, and this really just rocked her world, and... She blamed God for it, and uh, it was also the greatest faith trial I ever went through trying to reconcile the why question, and uh, it seemed like we both went two different directions. Um, I just clung to God and sought Him out and eventually was able to reconcile that with Him and that... Realizing he's a good God, his heart is good, and I no longer needed an answer to that question, but she's never been able to reconcile that and still blames him and has gone the other direction. Okay. And it's a question I've thought of and asked several people, but really haven't gotten a solid answer. And if the, the question is, um, is it... Proper or right or acceptable for us in that situation when we feel like we've been hurt by God to forgive God to be able to reconcile that.
2: Well, and, when
0: go ahead. I I do get the um, I do I think I do understand where this is coming from in relationship to um, the the feelings that we have. God right. in a difficult situation. But we have to remember a couple things. Number 1 Number 1 God doesn't have anything to be forgiven for.
1: Right, I understand that. He
0: hasn't done anything wrong. He's perfect and good and holy and just. And we might be mad at him or impatient with him or some other sinful response when our desires don't line up with what are obviously his desires, what he's allowed. You see, if God's if God's not in control of everything, then God's not in control of anything. True. And and because God's not in control for God's not a, it because we know that God is in control of everything, when he allows something, you know, even in the the larger picture of the the sin in in the world and why couldn't God just create a world without sin? Why couldn't God just create a all those questions that we have, um, I don't think God is is in, impatient with us as we process that and grow. I don't think he's mad at us uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's reconciled us to himself. I think he gives room for us to express ourselves. David does that through the Psalms. Jonah did that. Job did that. Elijah did that. Over and over again, we find people expressing some of the same feelings that you are having and your daughter's having, even though you guys went in different directions. Um, But I I think biblically forgiving God is just not a biblical concept. Um, I I think a better biblical concept would be accepting the will of God, Mm -hmm. accepting that God is good, and accepting the truths of the scriptures that would take away the... It would take away the... One second. I we're on live radio. We got these technical things. Hold okay. One second. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we're working on technical things. So as, as we're coming back to the acceptance of what God is doing in your life, it is, and what God's allowed in your life, um, really stepping away from... A place of anger and animosity toward God because when when you do that when you when you and I take a position of anger and animosity toward God we're living like an unbeliever right. that's what the Bible says the Bible says that that we were at enmity with God before we were saved, uh, but now that we're saved he's made enemies friends uh, and and so the proper response I think, and I know for me you know god God knows the, that um, I was upset. Uh, when my son died, God knows that, uh, and God knows that I was uh, frustrated with the circumstances um, by which it, it happened, and how it all went down, God knows that, he knows it, because not only does he know what I'm saying before I say it, <laughs> but I said it, and a lot of my prayers were like the psalmist, and and he knows, and, and, and he knows that even in that anger, I sinned against him, and, he didn't discard me as a son and he didn't give up on me he reminded me that and and i say this only for the sake of everyone else listening in in their own lives um their own lives as believers through the blood of jesus christ that even when we're faithless he remains faithful and mm. and, and so in this season i i really don't i don't i don't know where i didn't do enough research on where the concept of forgiving god comes from but you know if it if it helps to mouth those words, I don't think God's gonna judge you. Um it's it's just not, not the right words to mouth. It's more As a
1: mom, it's just so hard to I'm sorry you're breaking up.
0: No, I'm I'm good. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. As a mom I just you know, you just wanna make things right and
0: Yeah.
1: Come back and all that. And she's just gone further and further in the other direction and really doesn't want to have anything to do with them anymore breaks my
0: heart. It does. And and it's, you know... Having
1: to come up with some way to help her reconcile this is so hard.
0: (sighs) Well, let me give you... I don't know anything about the situation other than what you shared with me, but let me give you the broader picture. Uh, The broader picture is that what started out as anger and, and frustration and difficulty has been added to it with sinful responses and you know fleshly responses so that now the life that your daughter's living right now is clouded in darkness it's like she's self-deceived yeah. and 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 it's like any other person that's self-deceived we we need to be patient for the lord to reveal behind the self-deception the truth of the matter and 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 people can be um people can be um, sad, people can be frustrated, um, but the reality is, is that God is is a good God and He's faithful. Yeah. And the enmity and the anger that He wants held toward us has been satisfied by Jesus Christ and His perfect sacrifice on the cross. And as a, and your mom, your love as a mom uh, is is deep and it's wide and. And it's, it's something that is mysteriously beautiful. And God hears your prayers. He knows what you're thinking before you think them. And the reality of of your daughter, if she is a believer and she's in this backslidden condition, uh, we know that Jesus gave us a story specifically for this time that the backslider would come home, the prodigal. And if your daughter's angry in a place where she's not saved and she's not reborn, then God's going to use these circumstances uh, to draw her to a place of conviction and the reality that he is mad at her um, if she's not saved. Um, but in Christ, he satisfied that.
2: Amen.
0: And we we hold to that.
2: Thank you. So let's pray. Let's pray.
0: God, we're just talking through things that are difficult and hard to walk through God because they're, they've got emotions and they're, they get personal and we can't always sort out facts sometimes when we're dealing with emotions. But you're faithful to do that, Lord. We You're faithful to um, reveal yourself in a loving way and a caring way to us. And I pray for this young girl who at the end, you know, in the circumstances and difficulties of her life are, is just mad. She's just angry. Um, and whatever else she's feeling. And we just pray you'd bring her back to a place of of understanding, God, that even the worst, as a believer, even the worst is going to be used and worked together to bring about the best. Uh, you work all things together for the good. We may not see it. We may not feel it. We may not ever see it this side of eternity, but we trust you and we believe you at your word. And so I lift her up to you and this mom's heart, Lord. How many times we see Jesus' moms bringing their kids to you with similar feelings. Desperate yeah. feelings, and you were able to meet them in their deepest need. And I pray that into my sister's life as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I
1: agree. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> All
2: right. bless
0: you. 303-690-3000. I want to take this follow-up call. Um, Sandy's calling in from Parker, and she has a follow-up to this. Sandy, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Um, I had a question. I've been hearing pastors on the radio and other places that often say, God's not mad at you. Yes. And I always kind of cringe when I hear it, um, because I guess I'm not understanding where they're coming from. Because I'm reading in the Old Testament right now. Yes. And I the Old Testament, maybe before Jesus was here. But God is angry when his people are disobedient. And he is angry with them and their sin. Yes. And is, is he no longer angry with us when I, when we're disobedient and we're sinful because of the cross? Or am I misunderstanding where they're coming from in
0: that? Well, you're right. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, the, the anger of the Lord is aroused by the sin, sins of his people and the sins of unbelievers. You see that over and over again. It's not the kind of anger that you and I would experience. It's a pure, righteous anger. You and I don't, don't know what that's like. I mean, we probably have, we probably have similar feeling. We can be close to a righteous anger, but never like God, because we're not God. So we're never going to experience that in its complete form. That's why by the time we come to the New Testament, we're told to be angry and not sin. And so there is a place for anger. And, and when it comes to God's anger, you have, you have a couple things going. Did, you listen, did, you, did, the, did your call prompt you? Um, was it prompted by the conversation I just had with our sister in uh, Arvada?
2: No, this is something that I've been thinking of for a week, okay. and I've just never had an opportunity to call until today. That's funny
0: because I, I'm not funny, but I was just talking to Kim uh, about her uh, situation with her daughter, and, and I used that same phrase that God's not mad at you because in the context that I used it was uh, very precise. Number one, as a believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus himself took the all of the pain and penalty of the wrath of God for you and for me by faith. All of his anger was poured out on Jesus. All of the judgment of wrath, that the absolute justice for sin was paid for by Jesus Christ, so that now, when you and I exercise our faith, trusting God through his son, Jesus Christ, the anger of God has been satisfied toward us. And a new principle is working in us, God is always angry with sin. Sin never pleases God. Uh, and so it's, it's going to arouse in God a... Um, he's not going to rejoice in heaven over sin. There's no rejoicing for sin. But the anger that he has uh, is now been trans, transformed or transmitted over to Jesus on our behalf. So, so what are his feelings toward us now? Well... The Bible says before we were saved, we were at enmity with God, that, that we were enemies of God. And enemies, you know, battling God and, and dealing with God. But now, by faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus actually says, I don't, call you, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. And so, the kind of anger that's aroused in the Old Testament um, that God is showing is God doesn't stop being angry. You know, his, he hasn't changed his nature towards sin. But he's changed how the solution of that anger has ended, and it's ended through the blood of Jesus Christ.
2: Okay, I guess so. Then that goes to the phrase that we often say: "Be angry at the sin,
0: and yes, not that's, the sinner." I I would agree with that statement that that we're to be angry at the sin and and not the sinner. However, it we're human. The sinner. Uh, but we're human, so we do get mad at the sinner. That's why the Bible says for us to love our enemies. <laughs> yes. It's a supernatural love. And so let's let's sort some things out, because this is a broad question, um, and I, I, I don't want to be misunderstood. Um, the reality of us getting—and that was the context of our previous caller— the reality of us being mad or even being mad at God, that's, that's a truism. Uh, we are going to get mad, and sometimes our circumstances make us very mad at God or each other or— um, that 's the reality of who we are as human beings, and the behaviors of man are going to elicit the anger of god as well um, that that's he, he isn't he didn 't stop being mad at sin uh, he he sacrificed his son for the sake of sinners and and so he hasn 't ended he hasn 't ended being uh angry it 's just satisfied by the blood of jesus christ um, however however, there is a transformation that takes place when a when a belief, when a person is born again, they immediately are no longer at enmity with God. They're now friends with God by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when I, I can't speak for other Bible teachers uh, when they use the phrase, but when I use the phrase "God's not angry at you," I mean that He had that that through I, I'm including it. It's a simple phrase. It's going to get a lot of people's attention. But the theology behind that phrase is, like for example, let me give you another one before I do that. When I say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, that's a pretty simple phrase. You'd even say it's almost cliché-ish. Right? Do you agree with that?
2: Right, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. But there's theology behind that phrase. And, and as a pastor, I'd explain the theology, that theology, that through faith in Jesus Christ, God has a plan for your life, that, that he's working all things together for the good in Christ, on and on. I could, I could explain the reality right. of that but in order to get your attention, I'm going to use a simple phrase, a bumper sticker phrase, uh, in order to capture your attention so we could talk about it. And I think it's the same way with people who are living in, a, in, a, in an environment, especially of a religious oppression, where people live like God. they think God's mad at them all the time, that God doesn't like them, that God's condemning them all the time, when in reality God is bringing conviction upon their hearts so they might come to the knowledge of their own depravity their own total depravity and inability uh, to please God in any way apart from being born again and responding to the message of the gospel. Um, I don't think, and I hope people don't mean it that way, I can't speak for others, but I hope they're not saying God doesn't get angry anymore, because even Jesus, when he came into the temple at the beginning of his ministry right. and at the end yeah. of his ministry, the brother was angry but his anger was addressed to the religious unbelievers quite frankly they they were yeah. out of relationship uh-huh. with him it wasn't the common people that he demonstrated you know it wasn't the adulteress that he acted that way with it wasn't the woman at the well it was the religious rulers
2: mm-hmm. yeah the ones who were trying to to in the wrong way represent him
0: yes and so I, I think if i use that phrase i'm really wanting to grab people's attention that someone out there listening even right now to our conversation they couldn't track with everything that we said but with some of the things that we said uh tracking with the reality is, is somebody's asking the question are you you really mean god is not mad at me because i my my mom's been mad at me my whole life my dad's been mad at me my whole life and you're and 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 they my representation of God, and you're telling me that really God is not? And it opens up a dialogue to explain what that means through the salvation that's available only in Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. Well, that really helps. Thank you for talking through that.
0: Well, it's a great follow-up, too. You didn't know it, but it was a great follow-up to the earlier call, and I'm glad that you called to we could add a little bit more clarity on it.
2: Yeah, well, thank you very much. Okay, if
0: anything comes up, you know, if you've got some nuances of it, we could talk again. All right. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, Have a rest of
2: your day. Thanks.
0: Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. My name is Ed Taylor. I think we fixed the issue, so thanks for being patient with the choppiness of the show in the beginning, but God still uses it. We're still grateful, uh, and I am back. You know, the last couple of weeks we've had some guests sit in for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for investing your time in our city. Uh, I was away. I invest in my marriage once a year. Uh, Marie and I get away, just the two of us, um, uh, unplugged. You know, sometimes when I'm teaching and I'm at a conference or something, I'm plugged in. Uh, I'm teaching. I'm answering emails. I'm on the phone, um, no matter where I'm at in the country or even around the world, catching up on emails. But when I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. That's what I encourage the guys here to do as well. Uh, When you're on vacation, you're on vacation. So be rest, rest up, be recharged. Uh, and that's what I did. And this one in particular was a time just with my wife. And I'm so grateful for my Marie Marie. am grateful for the twenty eight years that we've been married and many more years that we were together off and on. God is a God of amazing grace. And and I'm grateful we, we made this decision years ago as a church planter that I with all the demands of ministry and everything that, that I needed to dedicate a vacation time. Um, not just to my family but I needed to dedicate vacation time to my marriage and I, we've been doing that now for the last 13 years and it's been very beneficial it's paid back dividends that we probably don't even know but i was especially appreciative this year as i was thinking it through and just talking things through and that um, four years ago when Mar- when our son died and and we had to go through and still going through a tremendous trial when it comes to that that our marriage needed to be strong and we it, we wouldn't know it's not like we were building our marriage to endure a crisis uh, but we were pouring into our marriage because the bible says if you sow to uh if you sow to the spirit you'll reap everlasting life and and so we sowed to the spirit in our marriage and and the lord has really strengthened us we were watching a movie recently uh and i think this the statistic was the statistic was that if a couple losing a child, only 29% of the marriages make it after a child dies, 29%. And it caught both of our attention um, that we look at each other and like, wow, Lord, you're so gracious. And I know a lot of families in our church, a lot of, you know, a lot of people that it's not just children, although that was the the statistic that was shared. Um, Death in a family can cause a lot of grief and a lot of craziness and, um, And so uh, before we go to the break, I just want to pray for you. Pray for those that are mourning and grieving today, especially if there's extenuating circumstances related to it. It's not all so easy. Uh, It's one of the things I was thinking. And Rima, you hold on in Baltimore. We'll get back to you um, uh, right after the break. But Kim, uh, if you're still listening, you know, we were talking. um, the, 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 The need for us to draw near to the Lord, the need for us to... Uh, find our strength in the Lord is so so vital, uh, and and so important. Uh, and like Rima, or, or like Kim and her daughter, you know, a lot of times our trials and tribulations they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, but sometimes you have a trial that has a beginning, and you have no idea if you're even in the middle yet, and if it'll ever end, um, the rest of your life until eternity. And grief is one of those things. You get stronger. You can get better. Um, even if there's extenuating circumstances you know if there's um, things that that are outside of that so god i just pray for those that are grieving today i pray for those that are under the heavy weight of just condemnation and and uh, sorrow inward uh, depression uh, discouragement anger whatever it might be lord i lift them up to you today as we end this first half of the program i just pray that you'd pour out your holy spirit upon them that you'd manifest yourself in a in a way that you are the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. And and it's true. You do. And that's our, our heart and our desire. Be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You hear the music. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Calvary Live. We have found the solution to our technical issue uh, completely, so we're glad. If you're just joining us, you don't know anything about it, uh, but if you were with us during the first half of the program, we got it uh, taken care of. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, my name is Ed Taylor and I am the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, taking your calls and your questions and, and just so encouraged to be back, had a great time away with my wife, um, getting away for, the, for uh, celebrating 28 years of marriage, investing in our marriages we have every year. Uh, personally for the last 13 years um, without our kids. And, um, and so it's good to be back, um, taking your calls and your questions, um, looking to see what the Lord might give us to, to grow in the things of the Lord. 303-690-3000, we're going to move on to line number one, is Donnie calling from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Donnie, welcome to the program.
3: Well, how are you doing, Pastor Ed? Good, how are you? Good, good. Well,
0: congrats on you and Marie's um, 28. That's awesome. Thank you. It's uh grace of God, completely,
3: 100%. Yep, that is definitely awesome. It's rare to see uh, marriages last that long and everything, so that's it's an encouragement for me because I'm not married yet, but it's an encouragement and a blessing to me as well. So, awesome. Um So what I'm calling for is... I know that the Bible talks about, and it gives us pretty clear directions on how to handle disputes, um, problems with our brothers, with our sisters in the Lord. Um, However, the actual application and trying to figure out how to do it has been a bit confusing. I have a situation, without putting names out there, um, with my biological brother who is a pastor, um, and we just have... um, for years, it's it's been a very horrible relationship. We've had very small moments um, that's very fleeting with healthy relationship. Um, and I'm no longer welcome in into his family and, and some other details. Um, mm-hmm. And that leads me to what I'm trying to ask for some advice. Now, my first order of business is um, I have prayed about it. I have prayed about it. I have um, tried making sure that my heart is right with the Lord in the sense of, Am I truly forgiving my brother? Am I really loving him? And I believe that I am. But there has been some things that have come up to me recently. We have some mutual friends um, on Facebook, and it's come to my knowledge that there has been some um, stuff that's taken place behind the pulpit um, to kind of blast me. And, again, I had to find my place into a spot to where I had to just say, you know what, Lord, uh, this is still my brother. I love him, and uh, I don't want Satan to come in and distract us anymore. It just, we cannot allow Satan to be, be in there, but the problem still exists. The hurt is still real, yes. and the pain is starting to get to where it's, um, it's unbearable for me mm. because uh, <clears throat> not only can I just not see my brother and be a part of his life, but um, they have kids, yeah. and that takes it takes me away from it. And um, <clears throat> so my first order of business was I had to first call them and just say, hey, listen, you know, I love you. I hope you can forgive me for whatever it is that you are finding fault with me, but I now have a problem that I need to take up with you, so I've done the first step. So the next step, I know I've had people kind of lead me in the direction of, you need to get, you know, two or so people that are spiritually sound, spiritually mature and and go to your brother. So how do I do that and and who do I pick to do that without being um I don't know. I guess I'm just. I mean. I mean. I. We can read it in the Bible, but then when it comes to the actual application of it, it's difficult because who are the people that I go to? And then if he doesn't do it, then what do I do? You know, if he doesn't even want to receive me talking to him, I can't force him to do anything. But the pain has gotten so bad that it's turning into pure anger. Sure. Like there, there's a part of me that I am. I mean, I'm beyond or beyond livid. Yes. Because I just. I understand life is so fragile. We, something could happen to him tomorrow, and he might take his last breath and go home to be with the Lord. And I don't want to live like that, that regret. Right. So if you could help me in that, that would be awesome. And then if we could pray, I would appreciate the prayer more than anything.
0: Okay, well, there's a few things to think, you know, think through on this, because there is a difference between repentance uh, and, or forgiveness and, and reconciliation. And sure. the thing that's under your control right now is is forgiveness. That's going to be the solution to your anger. That's the solution to your frustrations. That's the solution. I th- Did you say livid? I didn't write the word down. Yeah. Um, that's that, how, how deep it's gotten. You know, that's the word that you used to describe mm-hmm. it. That, that the solution for those emotions is to release your brother uh, from the sins that he has committed against you. and 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 if you have to do that every day, if you have to do that every moment until the Lord brings healing into your heart um that that is your that's the only thing you can control in this is your response, and your response needs to be one that God can bless, which is forgiveness now the second question that you ask or that you lead to is how do I reconcile with my brother because I want to resolve it and right now I'm looking at Matthew eighteen and Matthew 18 says go to my brother you and him alone and then go to uh, if he doesn't listen to you then take two or three others with you uh, and that that's in the context of a church family that's in the context of the church family that the hopefully they're both within you know the same church family but if they're not then you, you want to look at to the leadership of the person that refuses to forgive um, you okay. You want to look at the leadership of the person that refuses to give in or refuses to want a relationship or whatever. Because here's the thing. Without repentance, there won't be any relationship. Right. There's no reconciliation without repentance. Who in the world gets saved without repenting? That's the Mm -hmm. condition in order to be made right with God. Uh, Repentance. And followed by faith that God is who he is, uh, who he said he is, and he does what he says he does. Uh, and, right. and I think that your desire to reconcile is good because that's God's desire. Your willingness to forgive is good because that's God's desire. And now waiting for your brother to respond is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And yet waiting is what the Lord has you doing.
3: Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, just kind of point towards just you know, I, I, I can forgive him. Yeah, You know, I I know in my heart that I have. I mean, obviously there's something that's not right with him, and that's between him and the Lord. So I can, I'm not judging that right. or sounding critical. And uh and I know that there's going to be some waiting. But in the meantime, with new things that come up and I'm getting feedback, you know, I'm also trying to stir away from, I don't want to hear gossip or third-party um, info. You just uh, need to let
0: it go, man. You can't. People talking about you, even your brother, and hearing what you're hearing, mm-hmm. you got to commit them to the Lord. Make sure it's not true, right. whatever you, whatever they're saying, and just commit them to the Lord. Because a person that's gossiping, a person that pastors included, put myself in that category, is not in the spirit, is not obeying God. And you know, if I, if 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 we tried to chase down every person, including those that we know, and we know that there's a pretty good chance that it's not gossip at all that the person is just lying about us um Mm -hmm. that if we try to chase everything down and try to defend ourselves we'd grow tired and never be able to do the lord's lord's work and so you're just gonna have to commit him to the lord and if if what he's saying is if what they're saying is true then we just got to pray lord would you please stop their mouths that's what david did right david prayed that uh the the bible that just stop their mouths it's lord it's and and over and over like You know, I was reading recently in, um, let me look it up here, Uh, in Psalm 27, uh, just in this psalm alone, uh, he says, "Uh, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident." Uh, And he talks about being hidden and dwelling in the house of the Lord. And then he says, he says, uh, don't hide your face from me. Don't turn away your servant in anger. Um, Teach me your way. Don't deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And you're okay. just really at a place where you have taken the steps that you believe you're supposed to take, and it's not getting any better. And, and that's what's frustrating. We would think, man, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm doing what you asked me to do, and it's not getting any better. And, and you can see how how God may feel. You, you're feeling a little bit of the brokenheartedness of God when we as mm-hmm. his children uh, don't obey him. Um, but Exactly email me email okay. me at pastor ed at calvaryaurora.org and I'll send you an article uh, that's very helpful on the topic of forgiveness.
3: Okay. And yeah, I would like that. It'll help
0: process some of your thoughts and uh and again, don't confuse reconciliation with forgiveness. They're two different things. We want them both to take place. Mutual forgiveness and then repentance that leads to reconciliation. Without that, it's not going to happen.
3: Right. Well, that that answers my question. I just was kind of confused, and I'm well, not confused. I was just trying to figure out: should I now go to him with two or more? I mean, literally, physically, go to him and say, "Hey, can you know? Can we sit down? Can we talk about it? Have two or so people there, and then and then how do I pick the people? You know, do I pick? You know, people. Obviously, I know that I would pick somebody that's you know spiritually sound. I believe that are. Um, they're living as correct as possible. But I think your answer my question more importantly is that I think that it's just a waiting period. And I'm just going to have to just keep praying it out and praying it out and giving it to the Lord and then just receive. So I got my answer. So
0: yeah. and it's a I hard answer. It, Pastor Ed. I- I'm sorry. It's definitely a hard answer. But the, I-, I think, too, the, the, the lessons that God's bringing out to you right now in out of this situation is um, be patient wait on the Lord, be open, and you're going to get to the edge sometimes, just like this one. This one's a to-the-edge situation where mm-hmm. it makes you livid. I actually looked that word up. Um, livid means to be furiously angry. Yeah. Or it means dark bluish gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like a bruise. I like
3: the color. I like blue Purple. and stuff, but yep. I don't like the way that's defined, but yeah, um, I hear you. <laughs> and, and
0: so you get to the edge and you're, you're at the edge, and you don't know what's going to happen. And if you go off the edge, you're going to be in the flesh, and you're going to make things worse. And uh, the Lord right. s- slowly brings you back to Himself, and reminds you that He's in control, that He loves your brother, even if they're not, even if they're mm-hmm. not, He's not loving you right now uh, and not exp- expressing love to you. Um, God loves your brother and loves. Yes, He does. Yes, He does to redeem and and to restore, but. Um, in these times, even even though they may not be considered an enemy, the principle is the same: we're to love our enemies, we're to do good to them. Praying for our enemies is doing good for them. Uh, right. That's one level of doing good, uh, and 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 I tell you, when we when we're praying for someone, it's our heart that changes, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. And of I course, agree. we're hoping their heart will change, but we know that God's working in us. Uh, God, we know that God is doing a work in us and ministering to us and and um, I'm just really sorry. I, I, I know. I, 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 I under. I understand a bit of unreconciled relationships and the frustration mm-hmm. of gossip and lies. It's just, it's just not. It's not good. But, yeah. But you know, yeah, we live in very, a fallen world.
3: And, yeah, we do. And it's it's definitely it's hurtful. And it's uh, and it's and I don't think to be honest. I'm I'm not mad at him for whatever he's upset at me or whatever faults he has with me. I think I'm just mad at the sense of life is so fragile. We can be here one minute and gone the next. And that living with that regret, I think I'm angry at those situations. I just recently lost my dad to cancer, and it happened so fast. But I'm glad that I was able to reconcile that relationship so that I didn't have to live. Oh, man, I wish that I would have done this, or why wasn't I a a better son to my father, or "Why, why wasn't I you know, doing something more? And I guess I look at it as... You know, this is my brother, and not only that, we're identical twins, so we have that special bond of being identical twins and brothers, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, it, it, all this, to me, is not worth it. If something happens to either one of us, you know, I don't, I don't want to live like that, you know, or live with regret or live with, you know, so I think that I dwell on that a lot. And it and it eats at me, and then it and then I get mad because I'm like, man, can't you realize that? You know what what happened to if something happened to me? with you know? I don't want you to live the rest of your life thinking like, oh, great. The last words I spoke to my brother Donnie, was in anger and hurt and pain and you know and frustration because I don't believe that that's him. I, I just. But it, it makes sense, and I appreciate you uh, giving me the advice that you have and everything, Pastor. I appreciate it. Yes, let's pray. Thank
0: you. God, we do pray for this situation and many other people listening in that are in just impossible situations, even with other believers, um, that, that if you were to tell us you know, years ago that this would be where we're at today, we wouldn't have believed you. We wouldn't have believed that. But, but it is what it is. And you are able to take things that seem impossible and work out the possible, like what's impossible with man is possible with you, Lord. And so I just pray for this impossible situation would you, would you help my brother, Lord, work through um, his own pain and his own anger? Um, God, that you would en- enable him to come to you, even in repentance, for his own sinful actions, that, that, anger, that the anger caused, um, that it was anger, but then it went beyond uh, anger without sin. Uh, and reconcile this relationship, that we might get a phone call back yes. of how it all worked out. So help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. And again, congrats, and uh, I wish you guys many more years to come. And thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: 303-690-3000 is the number. Some really good calls today. Thank you guys for calling and listening in and praying for us. Um, Let's go to line number three. Is Dante calling in from Maryland. Dante, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you, Pastor. Hey, God bless you. Thank you. Let's have a quick question in yes? regards to the confessing of sins. I've yes, heard different teachings about whether believers need to confess their sins on a daily basis or not. Some people reference the Lord's Prayer, for that matter. I wanted your your um, beliefs on that.
0: Yeah, I do. I do believe that we're to confess our sin regularly. Uh, we're to confess it. The word confess means to say the same thing. It means to agree with God about our sin. And we're not confessing our sin to get salvation again. We're not confessing our sin to be born again again. We're simply, here, here's where I get this from, of many places, but here's one place in context that would be very helpful. It's the book of First John chapter 1, verse 5. Uh, John is writing in the latter years of his life to believers, And he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And okay. there is a need. I think that there's confusion, especially the the teaching of no need to ask for forgiveness anymore, no need to confess, comes from what's commonly known as a hyper grace movement. And okay. that they, they take grace to the extreme that if God has really forgiven us past, present, and future sins, then, then mm-hmm. why? I mean it, it can even get to a, a doctrine uh, of sinlessness, um, but, but obviously we, I, don't, I don't think any of us would say that we're sinless. Right. And so what do we do with our sin? Well, we come back into relationship with God. We, Jesus himself told the believers in Ephesus, uh, mm-hmm. you guys have left your first love, and what did he tell we them love. to do? Remember from where you have fallen, repent, and redo or go back and do the first work. So even Jesus in, instructed us to deal with our sins as believers before a holy and a righteous God in relationship.
4: hmm yes. yes. And I, th- I think um, some teachers make the comparison of 1 John, the first chapter, uh-huh. and 1 John, that second chapter. Okay. As far as the intro, they say, oh, the first John talks about that which was from the beginning. Second chapter opens up, as to say, my dear children. Sure. So they would say that John was writing to two different groups. Then they came back, I think, in the first or second verse where he talks about, or the third verse in the second chapter where it says, I'm writing to you that you do not sin, but if we do sin, we have an advocate.
0: For sure. And
4: and then there's another...
0: That's a great great truth to know. But before we even go that far, I I don't Mm -hmm. let them go that far because they're they're mishandling chapter one. We don't even need to go to chapter two yet. We've got to deal with chapter one. And in chapter one, John uses some very significant words. Uh, Verse five, the message we have heard and declared to you. Verse six, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice Mm -hmm. the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we Mm -hmm. confess, I mean, on and on. So who is he including in we? Mm -hmm. Himself. Mm -hmm. Not only that, Mm -hmm. not only is he including himself, but he uses a phrase when he says, we have fellowship with one another. Does fellowship have, Mm -hmm. can light have fellowship with darkness?
4: Right, that's right. No,
0: so we have fellowship has to include, in my, uh, in in my expository, you know, handling of this text, it has to include believers.
4: Mm-hmm. So that we there, there wasn't some label that as an editorial type we.
0: Well, I I mean, I true? think it could have the first one. You know, the the first one might. This is the message that we have heard. He makes a distinction in verse five. We have mm-hmm. heard from him and declared to you. So there's a group we and now we're telling you, but then, the, then the, the, the question has to be, the interpretive question, who is you, and the, mm-hmm. what are our options? Are they believers or unbelievers? And I say they're believers because he concludes himself in the you by the time he gets to mm-hmm. 7, 8, and 9.
4: Mm-hmm. And the last, the last uh, comparison they tried to go with is that the Apostle Paul, they said that he referenced nowhere in his teachings To confess sin, is that true?
0: Say that. Can you repeat that again?
4: Yeah, they were another thing. They would try to, um, I guess, support this non-confession teaching is to say that the Apostle Paul never says anything about confessing sin, poor believer. Well,
0: when Paul when Paul writes over and over again reality for example in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. when he is when he's when I believe when he's speaking of a lack of condemnation that that what he's giving us is insight to the weight of sin that com- that is repetitive in our lives and the answer there uh, is to remember that God in his love for us uh, is giving us an ongoing forgiveness. So remember, we're not confessing our sins in order to receive a fresh, new forgiveness. As believers, when we confess our sins, we're acknowledging our forgiveness and we're hiding under the banner of not being condemned like with unbelievers. I so think, mm-hmm. um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think through uh, while I'm talking um, If where Paul, I mean, somebody might even text me Paul's instruction, uh, to confess sins. You know, James talks about confessing sins to one another. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what could we, what could come up? That one, that one would take me some time to look, but only because I'm on the spot right now. Yes. I yes, think that okay. my strongest argument for them is mm-hmm. I don't go, I don't like going anywhere with someone until we deal with the first one. I see. Okay. And the first one is chapter one. And, and I think I have a very compelling interpretive argument. For who John is speaking to, who John is instructing, and what John is saying, including himself, uh, I I think that I think I have a compelling argument, and it can't be simply dismissed by I forget the phrase you used. What what phrase did you use? The gen, um um the, that the word we could be.
4: Um, oh, the editorial. Editorial.
0: editorial. Um, mm-hmm. If it was used like in, in that one time where he made a distinction between we and you, then I could. Find a stronger argument for that, but when he uses it multiple times, I didn't count them, but I emphasized them um, mm-hmm. over and over again. That you you can't really leave that one. I see. Mm-hmm. At this point. Okay. okay. Um, trying to think. Is there an Acts chapter 8 keeps coming up? Let me see what it's not Paul, but Acts chapter 8. Uh, No, he's talking unbelievers there. But that's something I'll chew on. Okay. I'll chew on the Paul part because certainly, um, certainly even though it's not on the top of my head, Paul definitely instructs us on how to deal with our sin before a holy and a righteous God. And he's writing Mm -hmm. to believers. So anything that you find in Romans, anything that you find in Galatians, Ephesians, uh, why would Jesus, you know, so let's set Paul aside and let's say, okay, I'll move on to something else. Then it would be my turn. So if they brought out first John, now it's my turn, and my turn would say, Why would Jesus tell the church in Ephesus to repent? Mm-hmm. What are they repenting of? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't think there's going to be a strong answer coming back from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we're having a fair dialogue, I would say this, and if I'm talking to a friend or if we're having a fair dialogue, this is how I would handle it. You come to me with your number one argument and I answer it. And we either agree or disagree. And then, and then you give me a chance to come back with my best argument or a secondary argument and, and let the weight, you know, maybe we're both going to walk away with all three of our arguments, you know, and discussions where we don't agree. But, but at least we're going to be able to lay out the facts biblically and give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to bring about some kind of conviction uh, in the matter, whether I'm wrong or they're wrong. Or there's, we never rarely talk about the third option, and the third option is we're both wrong.
4: I see. Right.
0: And see. we always have to remember that, especially if you know, if it's a cultist, I don't have a tremendous amount of patience with them wanting sure. to argue. But if it's a friend, sure, we can, let's talk about it. Sure.
4: Mm-hmm. sure. I, I believe uh, one scripture says, "Come down, let us reason together."
0: Yes, that's God speaking through Isaiah. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you called that? You said that that movement was a hyper grace uh, teaching. Yeah, that's where it's that's
0: where it's this latest one. There's there was a guy on the radio. I think he might he might still be on the radio. Joe George Bob George. Uh, He made this very popular. And he was on the radio. He was here in Denver for a while. I don't know if he's still on the radio, but uh, Bob George made this extremely popular. And that was his hobby horse of First John one nine was his hobby horse of. Almost making an argument in every single broadcast. Wow! Wow!
4: Wow! Okay. Well, I thank you for sharing that with me, then, Pastor Ed. Um, uh, I caught this station going to work one morning. Oh, great! Said, oh, mm-hmm, no. I we we have another station that we listen to here in Maryland. I'm, uh, you know, just scanning the radio. I say, okay, let me stay on this one for a little bit and. uh, I was happy to work a little later tonight, and uh, I found that, you know, you have an answer question, period. Yes. Let me call in there, you know, so I I enjoy that. I enjoy that.
0: Well, great. Thanks so much for calling, and uh, you're connected with us in Colorado, so we're we're blessed to be able to serve you there.
4: (laughs) I always wanted to visit Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Well, God bless you, brother. All right. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Ed.
0: Hey, we've come to the end of today's program. Thank you guys for working with us, being patient through all the uh, technical stuff. See you tomorrow, Lord willing, same time, right here on Grace FM, Hope FM. God bless you guys. Be at church tonight. We're in First Kings here at Calvary.
2: Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.